and we are live. This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. How are we doing today, Wolfpack Nation? I am your host, Austin Paschke. The one, the only, Tyler Seth is sitting to my right. How are we doing, Tyler? Good, good. Good, good. good. We're ready to rock and roll. Man, it's uh, unseasonably warm here in Reno. Unseasonally warm here on campus. Uh-huh. Spring semester's picking up. All the spring sports are back, obviously. If you listen to the podcast on Monday, we um, we broke... Oh, no, Tuesday. Sorry, Monday was Martin yeah. Luther King Day. Uh, we broke down uh, the spring sports that have been happening. But like I said, it's getting warm, and spring is right around the corner. And you know what that means. What's the best part about spring? Baseball. No, Tyler. Oh. No, it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is baseball. And baseball is right around the corner. Nevada baseball is here. They have their first game coming up in the middle of, or like the first, second week in February. Yeah. But we got the chance to sit down with the man, myth, and legend himself, head coach TJ Bruce. What a nice guy, by the way, yeah. before we get into it. Yeah, no, I was, you know, he welcomed him, us into his office. It was a really good interview. I mean, yeah. he answered questions beautifully. And then uh, I think that we kind of, you know, made his day with the, the your question at the end. But, uh, yeah, what a nice guy and um, couldn't have enough nice things to say about uh, Coach Bruce. Yeah, so we have that interview coming up. And then we also are going to give a quick preview to the uh, baseball season before the season actually takes place in about mid-February. So it's going to be a great episode, guys. Stick with us, and we will be right back. And we are back. Let's do that quick preview, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty and have that interview with TJ Bruce. But let's talk about last season just real quick. 30-26... 30 and 26, I should say, not 30, yeah. 26. 30, that's, a, that's a lot of wins. Yeah. yeah. They finished 30 and 26 with a 14 and 16 record in conference. Some highlights from last season. We beat Oregon State both games mm-hmm. in Pacoli Park. That was unreal. Both walk-off wins. Unreal games. Oregon State was ranked. I think at the time they were two or three. They were top five for sure. I think they were two. I mean, arguably, they were they were arguably the best team in the nation. Yeah. And we beat them both games in Piccoli Park. That was crazy. Uh, scored 26 runs at Air Force behind eight doubles, four home runs. Uh, Jalen McLaughlin led the team with a .33 batting average. That stat is unreal. Batting .339. Almost, it was pretty much almost every single time he's up to bat. Is it basic? Every time. Pretty, I mean, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. While Josh Zamora led the team in RBIs with 38, we went 1-2 and two in the Mountain West Tournament with losses to Fresno and UNLV and beating SDSU. Fresno and UNLV actually had a really good years last year, so we lost to them, but we beat SDSU in the Mountain West Tournament. Some people that are leaving, though, we have some key um, departures, I would say, from last year's team. Ryan Anderson, our quote-unquote Friday starter, probably our ace was uh, four and five last year with a 4.84 ERA, 64 Ks. We are also losing Grant Ford. He had a 2.76 ERA out of the bullpen with 51 Ks. Keaton Smith, he had a .208 batting average. Great defensive player though, and I'm pretty sure uh, hit the walk off. Yeah, he against had the walk off home run against Oregon State yeah. in the second game. So key loss there. Dalton Gomez. 
five and two record with 39 strikeouts in 61 innings. Weston Hatton, 300 batting average, 32 RBIs, and 10 home runs was tied for the team lead. Those are some key losses. What do those departures mean for this year's team? Because there's a lot of pitchers that are leaving the team. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this year's team, it's you know a lot of a lot of our weakness is kind of our staff right now, and then losing guys like Ryan Anderson, who was arguably one of our best pitchers last year, starter that gave us a lot of innings, kind of got the bullpen guys to get a little rest on the days he pitched. Grant Ford, an amazing, amazing pitcher out of the bullpen. I know he came in a lot of tight situations last season, got us out of most of them. And then Dalton Gomez, too, kind of a guy towards the end of the season who was starting in that kind of like Sunday role. He had a very nice, you know, win-loss record, 39Ks and 61s. Not too terrible, but it's, you know, something that he's chewing up innings coming out of the bullpen and then starting in that Sunday spot, too. So pitching is obviously really key. Weston Hatton was one of our best bats, another really good outfielder as well. That's going to be a key, key loss. But with all the outfield help we kind of have now, it's it's not looking like such a key loss. And then Keaton Smith was just solid up the middle. I think he had over a 950 fielding percentage, if I'm not Whoa. mistaken. Really solid up the middle, even though his bat really wasn't there last year. I know that Tyler Brissetti is really going to miss him. Uh, that one-two punch you know, up the middle was amazing. So, yeah, a bunch of key guys. And then there's also a couple other pitchers that we left out. Another couple of position players we left out. We lose uh, Caleb Foster, a local Reno guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just a turnover. But like Coach Bruce said in the interview, you know, there's a lot of younger guys that are stepping up this year. Mm-hmm. And we have that combination of older players as well. I think 20-something upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of a good mix. You'll hear it in the interview. Coach Bruce described it as kind of like laying foundations. Like you want you, you want each class that is coming in to kind of replace the old class and just have a good foundation from freshmen to sophomores to juniors all the way up to seniors. But this year, looking at the roster, I mean, we have a lot of our position players back. Tyler Bassetti, just going, literally going down the list. Jay-Z, Josh Zamora, Jalen McLaughlin, Jordan Jackson, who's a pitcher, but he's coming back. We have Marco Venezuela, Matt Clayton, both coming back. We have pitchers and Ben Purcell coming back, Owen Schartz coming back. We have a lot of players that are coming back, and I know I'm missing a couple. Dylan Shrum coming mm-hmm. back. We just have a lot of position players and some pitchers coming back as well. So that comes into play to where this season might be a really special season for Nevada baseball. Really, really special. And we have a lot of games to prove ourselves, not only in the Mountain West, but in non-conference. We have a huge, huge three-game series at Michigan in Ann Arbor According to NCAA's website, they're ranked number three in the nation before the season starts. So that is a huge three-game series in Ann Arbor against number three-ranked Michigan. And then we are at home in Piccoli Park versus number 12, according to that same website, Stanford. Stanford's ranked 12th, and they are coming. That's just a one-game, I wouldn't even call it a series, just a one-game, whatever, match, play, I don't know, game. One-game game. One-game game. game. And when Stanford comes to Piccoli Park. We have a lot of chances to prove ourselves, but what are your expectations for this season? Would it be too far to say that we should be playing in June? We should be maybe winning a Mountain West championship. Is that too much to say from looking at our roster after talking to Coach Bruce? Is that too high of expectations for the team? I don't think so at all. I think this team, 
this year could go very, very far as far as, you know, a regional and making it maybe to a super regional. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have really high hopes for this team. It's because the players that we've seen, the Jay-Zs, Jalen the Glocklands, yeah. the Tyler Brissettis, mm -hmm. all those young players that we thought of once as young are right. now upperclassmen, and they're now leading this team. Mm -hmm. And like TJ Bruce said, it's just laying that foundation. They know what he expects from them, and they know how to perform. Dylan Shrum's another one that's, you know, yeah. if we're going to have success, he needs to have a big year at the plate, hitting in that kind of 3-4 spot for us. But I could definitely see us playing in June, playing in – you know, a regional of some sort, um, winning the Mountain West. I could see all these things for this team just because our on offense and then our position players are just amazing. The only question mark I have is pitching. Mm -hmm. Owen Schartz last year, a lot of hype around him. Didn't really live up to all the hype, although he was, you know, solid pitcher for us. I think he breaks out this year. Um, then you got guys like Congress and then Jackson that are just ready to come out of the pen, Jake Jackson. Ben Purcell, who's a dude I think who will get more innings this year. We didn't really see him a lot last year. And then Gustafson's going to be a big, big one. Late in games, we saw him kind of thrown into that closer role a couple times last year. So I think he kind of steps into that role more this year. But this team, you know, has a chance to be something special. And we didn't even talk about Keanu Fentress, the right. Vanderbilt transfer, the grad transfer that, you know, Coach TJ Bruce was really really high on when we talked to him so i mean this year i think could be a very special year if we get all the pieces going but you know it's baseball you know this is a sport where you know anything could happen any team can really take it so you got to handle business where business needs to be handled yep. on those easy games and then um and mountain west play really have a good preseason to tune up for that and get this thing rolling but i got i have very high expectations for this team and i think they can go very far well and josh congress uh you talked about him he's another pitcher that's leaving or that left yeah. after last year so that's another that's another hole that we have to fill as well. Yeah, I was gonna touch I was gonna touch on Kiambu Fentress, a redshirt senior coming from Vanderbilt, arguably the best baseball school in all of America. That's gonna be huge. Coach talked about him. I don't want to steal his line, but he said very very mm -hmm. you know high praise for uh, Fentress. So that'll be cool as well. I've heard high praise for Blaine Abietta as well right-handed pitcher. I heard that he can uh, throw in the upper 90s, which is unreal. So we have some pitchers that will be able to step into those roles, but I agree. Pitching is going to be an area where we I'm going to be kind of concerned, and if we can't pitch up to par, then it will be you know, maybe a not-so-high um, not so year that we are expecting. Is this a make-or-break year for this team? Because we do have so many upperclassmen and this kind of is starting to feel like this is going to be a special year. Do you think it's going to be a make-or-break year, or would you say it's, I mean, not necessarily a make-or-break year, but, I mean, we do still have some high expectations for the team. Well, I think this year, I mean, easily could be a make-or-break year. You have a lot of people that are very, very high on this team. We'll see when the Mountain West preseason rankings come out and all that stuff. Yep. But I expect us to be in the top three, and I think this team is something they haven't really dealt with before. They haven't dealt with being kind of one of those top teams in preseason. Yes, we've been, you know, coming off of Mountain West Championship in 2015, 2016. But I think that at the year after that was when a lot of seniors left and we were kind of doubted in a lot of uh, the Mountain West baseball circles. So, yeah, I think this team is kind of a make or break year just because we have so many people leaving right. after this year. I mean, we obviously still get the likes of Jay-Z, the likes of Tyler Brissetti back, but then we lose a lot of players. We lose Dylan Shrum, we lose Gustafson, we lose Ben Purcell, who's going to be a big arm this year. McLaughlin. Uh, McLaughlin. Yep. It's just going to be, you know, a tougher 
kind of turnover next year than I think is this year. So right. I think this year's the kind of year we put all our eggs in our basket mm-hmm. and really just go for this thing. No, that's exactly what I was thinking too. We we have a lot of people leaving, and it just seems like this year the mesh is going to be right. You know what I mean? I think everyone was arguably that's coming back was playing their best uh, baseball last year. Uh, you see McLaughlin with that unreal batting average. He was I think three thirty nine. Just unreal, and then you have the likes of, you know, Fentress. You have the likes of people that are coming in and then will maybe be able to make this team something very, very special. But enough of us talking about this season. Before we get to the interview, though, I just want to thank TJ Bruce for obviously sitting down with us, taking time out of his incredibly busy schedule with with the season right around the corner. But without further ado, here is the man, myth, the legend himself, Coach TJ Bruce. Well, Coach TJ Bruce, I want to thank you for coming on the show yeah. and uh, meeting with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, as you know, the weather's getting a little bit warmer. That means baseball is obviously right around the corner. Before we get into this year, though, we want to dive into the past just a little bit. The mm-hmm. past three years, we've kind of been on an upward trend here for our baseball team. Um, how do you think the program has developed under your tenure here? You know, I think, um, I thought we've, like you said, I think the trajectory has been upward for sure. I think if you look at what you, when when we took over in 2015 or that summer, um, we had one guy left on the recruiting class. Um, That was Caleb Foster. Caleb played for us in 16. And then we played for our conference championship for the first time in school history that year. And then after that, all those guys graduated. And then all of a sudden you bring in, I think we brought in 17 freshmen. Mm-hmm. And it was by design to bring in the freshmen. And I think that's, you got to lay, of anything you do, you got to lay a foundation. And we did that. And then turn over into 18, we win a conference championship. Um, 19, I would say, didn't go what we thought. I, I think if, if you want to place expectations on, where you think you're going to be after four years. Um, I thought we would have done a little better job. I think we had some inconsistencies in the spring, uh, but another 30-win season. Um, and then, you know, now you're getting to 2020, where I think I think this team should is should be playing in June and is very capable of that. Um, now, you know, a lot of things got to go right. We got to stay healthy. Um, you got to avoid some peaks and valleys for sure. But um, other than that, I, I think the program's in a good place. Um, I think there's talent rolling in. I think we're starting – you're starting to see a lot of experience. I think we got 17 or 18 guys returning. In 21, we have 25 guys coming back. So you're starting to see that, that the layers just keep getting thicker and thicker and thicker. And um, it's just a matter of time before – before this thing pops and and we'll be a mainstay in June, I think. Yeah, uh, now that you've been having kind of like this upward trend, if you had to narrow down some of the goals um, for this team this season, uh, what's like one main objective this year? Do you guys have like a set goal that you are trying to play in June or is it um, kind of a broader uh, goal of that? Well, I think I always go back to, you know, the USC football days and when Pete Carroll was there. And the only thing Pete Carroll always talked about was playing in the Rose Bowl. Now, playing being playing in the Rose Bowl every year for them, that means they have a really good year, right? That means they won their conference. That means <clears throat> more than likely they're probably in a BCS Bowl at the time. Um, and the, the micro of it is for us is to win the Mountain West. And that that's, that's just what we need to do. 
And if we do that, then that's the micro. The macro will be, we'll obviously put ourselves in a really good position to play in June. So um, every year to win the Mountain West, we want to be in the mix. Um, we want to do more than be in the mix, really. We want to win the Mountain West year in and year out. And then um, you guys have, like you said, like 20 new guys joining the team. Yeah. Um, for us and maybe for the fans that are going to be watching this year, what are some names that we should be kind of looking out for? Well, I think, um, you know, Brady Hormel um, is, is a left-handed hitting infielder that should see significant time um, somewhere in the infield. He's a guy that can play all three spots. Um, Keambu Fentrist is a graduate transfer from Vanderbilt. Uh, very fortunate to get a guy that has his experience. He's obviously played in Omaha. He's won a national championship. Um, he'll be in the outfield. We have <clears throat> we have Blaine Abeda, a right-handed pitcher that I, I, I'm not really sure he, where he's going to fit in the mold in terms of starter, closer, but he's a Grant Ford type, um, power stuff, super athletic. Um, he's going to see a lot of innings on the field. I think um, you know. I think Nick Wilson is a right-hander that that you'll be able, you'll see have some significant innings. We got some left-handers, Clayton Westrope, Carson Snyder. Um, that that will that will see a ton of innings. Tanner Kuna is going to see a ton of innings on the mound. I, mean, I, I just I think there's as you can see there's the pitching's a lot younger than the position player side. You know, Kiambu is going to be. In the lineup, um, we have another outfielder by the name of Anthony Flores that's just coming back from an injury. Hasn't been with us all, or he's been with us all fall, but hasn't played all fall. Uh, but he, he was highly touted out of um, out of Northern Cal. Uh, so you'll, Griff Fenn's another guy. Our outfield, you know, you have Jalen really is the, the has been the mainstay out there or in our program really the last three years. Um, so coming back, you'll have some new guys fighting for two spots, essentially. Um, and Keambu's going to be in there. You know, Otis Stadium's a returning guy that's done, uh, probably hasn't done what he's wanted to do, but I think it's a matter of time before he just, he, he, he pops and, and uh, takes off, really. So we're looking forward to seeing these new guys get in the mix. Speaking of uh, Keambu, you talked about him, uh, the Vanderbilt transfer, obviously Vanderbilt, one of the best baseball schools in the country. Um, how were those conversations with him? Like, I know he's from the Nashville area, so kind of getting him to you know move two thousand miles across the country. Um, how were those conversations like? And then, what did you see that you really liked in his play? Well, you know, it's it's funny. Coach Corbin called me, and uh, Corbs and I do have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And he called me and says, "Hey, um, is there any interest in a, in an outfielder? Yeah, you know, hey, what do you got?" So it's sure, yeah. You know, here's who we have coming back. Here's who we have coming in. But yeah, we would love to to um, to talk about it. And then um, he broke down Kiambu's tools. And then just the conversation, the first conversation I had with him, I was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you watching video, you watching them play. Um, super athletic. Um, can can is a true true center fielder. And in, in sports, you 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 know, there's a few things that you can. You know, is that guy get a true shortstop? Is that guy um, a true drop back passer, or is he more of a hybrid? I mean, th- this guy's a true, true center fielder, yeah. um, and I'm gonna go out and say he's probably the best center fielder on the West. And I've only seen him, um, but I know, 
what we won with in 2013, the national title. Um, I know a little bit, obviously, on what's out there. Uh, but I, the makeup is through the roof. Uh, a guy that's accountable, a guy that's responsible, um, takes ownership. I mean, I, I, I felt like I was talking to, you know, a 35-year-old coach that's, that's been – I felt like I was talking to my staff, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that, those are what those conversations become. Um, love being around them. And I'm looking forward to watching him play every day. Yeah, and you were you were talking about obviously um, being a part of UCLA staff in 2013. Mm-hmm. You had experience. You obviously had experience with the national championship. Yep. Um, what does it take for this team, not necessarily to win a national championship, but to be playing in the, in the postseason like that? Well, I I think number one, number one, you got to have ownership and you got to be accountable. And I think that's a really tough. We're in a tough phase. Um, it, not just in just in the world, essentially on that end. Um, everybody's looking to blame somebody else. No one wants to point the finger at themselves. Um, so I think number one, you gotta you gotta have ownership, and you gotta have ownership, and that's of of your work, uh, of the people around you, the people in your group. Um, you gotta be able to to be accountable in that way. Um, second, I think the leadership comes in. And I just, I was going over, you know, with the 49ers. I'm not a 49er fan, <laughs> um, not even close. I'm a huge Raider fan, okay. so obviously the Bay. The move is, This is the worst Super right, Bowl for right, a Raider yeah. fan, too, yeah. by the way. The Chiefs and, and the 49ers. Yeah. Um, Can't root for either. <clears throat> no, you're not yeah, really. I'm yeah. just, I'm rooting for, like, the refs. Right. But I think, you know, reading the story, it's funny, reading the story. So when they went to the Super Bowl and beat the Chargers, whenever that was in the late 90s, I believe, um, Deion Sanders showed up late to curfew. Curfew was 11. Deion showed up at 1140. They're in Miami. They got a team meeting. Jerry Rice stands up and, and calls out Deion Sanders. And I think there's no the, – the secret to success of any team is ownership and accountability. And the 49ers had it back then. I'm assuming they have it now. Obviously, um, the Chiefs probably have it now. And – the I know talent does take a place, but I think we have to start there. We have to be, we have to own our actions. We got to own our words, and then we got to hold ourselves and each other accountable around it. If you do that, the rest of it's going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of getting back to some of the players, Pack fans are used to seeing yep. Jalen McLaughlin. Uh, kind of had a breakout season last year. He hit three thirty nine while also playing some pretty good center field for you. Um, the past two seasons before that, he was hitting just over kind of that two fifty mark. Yeah. What did you see that you liked in his approach that last season that kind of compared to the first couple seasons you had? You know, Jalen. When we recruited Jalen four years ago, gosh, I think it's five years ago now. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there again, it's another highly, highly talented athlete and. If you recruit athletes, you're, the tool, if they have tools and they're super athletic, the, the tools will come. It may take longer. It may take shorter. You don't really know when those things will come. But we recruit Jalen off of a few things. One, um, his athleticism is, is really good. Um, second, the makeup. You know, you love the makeup. His dad is a coach. His dad was a player. His dad was a scout. You know, grew up in a home where you want to talk about ownership and accountability. He grew up in a home because you're not only recruiting the players now, you're recruiting families. Mm-hmm. And so to be, to be involved with a family like that, um, where there's ownership, there's accountability, um, 
it says a lot about his background and his family. And that's like, hey, my hand's up the first time. Hey, I'm going to take this kid. I want this kid. Um, but he's really grown in our program. Uh, and he's he's always had the tools and the capabilities. He's just has blossomed into um, what we thought. I mean, and really what he thought. I mean, this guy is really competitive. This guy wants to be really good. Um, he's going to play for a long time after college. Um, but to watch him grow what he, where he's gone to now in the last three years is just a tribute to him and his family. Mm-hmm. Um, on, you know, everybody always looks at, well, it's only been the last, you know, year or his last season or whatever. But no, this is doing the right thing for years. That's just, what he got was a byproduct of that. So we had the best seat in the house. I've always said that. Um, get a chance to just watch him play. And uh, speaking of hybrids, he's a lot of, he's a hybrid in terms of where you play him. You know, you look at, I always like to compare guys to football or, you know, Troy Polamalu with, you know, is a hall, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer with, with yeah, the yeah. Steelers. Um, but he was a hybrid, right? He can play the free safety, the strong safety. You can drop him down in the box and he can be an outside backer. I mean, that's what Jalen is. Jalen can do a lot, can play center, can play short, can play second. Jalen's going to be in the lineup, I mean, every day. So um, that that's what we've talked about more this fall. You may see him in a different role in terms of where. Um, not really sure. Uh, but he's going to be in the lineup every day, and he's going to be – he's going to provide the leadership that we need. And if uh, my, my Cubbies could draft him, then uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sold on him. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you talked about all the, the new faces, but you also have 20 upperclassmen. That's including, yeah. you know, all the red shirts and stuff like that. Uh, players like Jay-Z, you got Dylan Shrum playing first base, you got Tyler Bassetti playing up the middle, and then Jalen, like we talked about. Um, I mean, I mean, we can go on and on, especially with pitching and stuff. Yeah. Um, who do you personally view as kind of the leader in the clubhouse right now? That's a good question. I, I think, uh, you know, what we've tried to focus on – you know, I made a mistake four years ago as a young head coach, and there was a guy by the name of Bryce Greger that played here. Uh, and that first year, I put so much – I thought I put so much pressure on him. And he was so good in the clubhouse that he forgot to worry about himself, which is good, but in some areas it's not, it's not great. You know, he – I don't think he performed like he like he could have or like he was capable of, and I take ownership of that because I thought I put so much on Bryce. Uh, but so now, fast forwarding five years later, and what we're really trying to do right now is just trying to we're we're just trying we're having each individual grow and be the best version of themselves, and that's that's what I think you have to do because if they're the best version of themselves, then our team's going to be really good. You know, it's a lot like Jalen. I thought Jalen and I have had a ton of conversations this fall, um, talking about leadership, talking about this. And what he forgot to do in the fall was be the best version of Jalen because that's what we need this team to be. And so it's not selfish. It's just a a little different way of doing it because you can't – unless you're in control of yourself, you can't control the situation. So that's what we've really focused on this fall um, and now leading into the spring. So – I'm hoping that there's 35 leaders in the clubhouse is really what I'm hoping. Um, but, but I would probably say, <clears throat> I would probably say Jalen's one of them. Owen Schartz is one of them. Jake Jackson's one of them. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, I think Jordan Jackson does a good job in a little different way. Uh, but you, you can have 35 leaders, and some lead and some are boisterous. Some are the funny guys. Some are the disciplinarians. Some don't say anything but one-on-one, and that's, that's where they have to be the best version of themselves. And then kind of going towards, like, the pitching side of things, you obviously lost um, a couple big pieces. The Friday starter, Ryan Anderson's now gone. Uh, Grant Ford, Josh Congress. Um, these pitchers are now now left the program. Uh, who in your eyes are going to step into those shoes, specifically as, like, the Friday role and then obviously filling out the rest of the rotation? Uh, good question. Uh, I, 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 to this day, you know, I, I, think, I think you assume, you know, Owen's going to be somewhere in the mix. Um, Jake's going to be somewhere in the mix. I think you're going to see some guys like Jordan Jackson, who's done a really good job with, with our new pitching coach and philosophy. Um, I, th- I think you can see a lot. Blaine Abeda's in the mix. I mean, you're, we don't re- haven't really ironed that out yet, uh, but you're going to see a lot of guys that are going to throw a lot of innings for us. And, um, you know, last year was a little different. You know, we were probably younger on the front end besides Ryan, and then we were pretty strong in the back end with Grant and Bonifant and, uh, you know, Dalton Gomez. So we're still trying to iron out the pieces. It's going to be by committee. I mean, the, all these guys are going to get, in, uh, get a chance to pitch. Um, it's some significant means for us. And then you talked about the new pitching coach, obviously. How's that, been, how's that relationship been with, like, the, the new coach, the pitchers, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole clubhouse? Well, I think it's been tremendous. I think any time you have – a chance to hire a guy of Troy's caliber and knowledge and leadership, I think you jump on the opportunity. Um, I have known Troy for a long time. I had a chance to play for him. He was an assistant, um, so I played for him. I coached alongside of him. Um, I was at UCLA for those years and then here while he was at Long Beach. And when we had the opportunity to get him, we jumped. Um, I went straight to our administration, says we have to do this, and Doug Newth was our biggest supporter and said, let's do it. How do we do it? He was really involved in the process on pulling the strings to make it work. But um, I, I think our, for- our, our program is so fortunate to have a guy like Buck um, in our program. I get a chance to see him every day, and I think our pitchers in our program will benefit from him not only this year, but next year, but long, long after he's, he's done coaching, he'll leave a lasting imprint in this program, and we're excited to have him. You guys have a pretty, pretty nice schedule coming up. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you have a three-game series in Michigan. And according to NCAA's website, they're third in the nation right now. And then you guys also play Stanford at home, which is pretty cool, April 14th. They're in those same rankings, they're ranked 12th in the nation. Um, I mean, could can the fans be expecting another Oregon State type upset uh, from these matchups? You know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting when you look at scheduling. Everybody, I think there's two ways to look at it, right? So in the, in the, in our conference, for the most part, you've got to win the Mountain West at the moment. That's what it's shown since 2014. So it's been, gosh, it's been what's that? Seven years mm-hmm. since yeah. we've had multiple teams. So, but so do you. Do you chase wins, which there's a lot of people that do that, um, or do you play the best guys? We want to play the best teams because it's not only preparing our guys on the field, but it's preparing our guys for life. So we're not afraid of anybody. Um, I actually look at it the other way, that Stanford and Michigan have a chance to play Nevada. So 
Um, is there an upset? I, I don't know if you call them upsets because you expect to win. Um, what we did against Oregon State was no surprise. What we did the year before against them, going down to Clemson and winning one, should have won two, wasn't a surprise for us. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is we have to avoid the peaks and valleys throughout the year. That's what's been our Achilles heel, I believe. Is And if you want to look back in months, it's been March and early April. Um, that seems to have been our our lull, and that's what we got to avoid. But I think that's, that's a byproduct of different things, whether we're not doing something right on our staff, whether – um, we're looking past people, uh, whatever it may be, but we got to be more present day to day, and that's that's how, you know, we're going to be able to get through a schedule like that. I mean, getting down to the end here, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, how does that strong of a non-conference really prepare you for for a conference play? Well, I mean, I think if you look at it, you look at Fresno State, who's won a national title, so you already know what they are, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're they win the league, they won tournaments, they've been in Omaha, they've been in a region, San Diego State. You know, they've won five of the last seven conference championships. Um, they've been playing in June. Um, New Mexico, you know, had that run in, in the, I guess, the middle to back end of the 2010s, right? And really from 10 to probably 18 or so, they were always in the mix. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at when you look at our non-conference schedule, there is no no really different from playing Michigan to playing Fresno to playing San Diego State. Everybody's capable. Uh, so we believe that our playing a tough non-conference is going to prepare our guys for the conference slate that that's ahead of us, and it's going to put us in good environments, just as we're going to open up at Fresno on the road which is a tough environment to win at, and we're going to go to New Mexico or whatever, and um, it, it, that's what we believe. So that's that's why we do the schedule we do. Uh, we're not chasing wins. We're building a foundation. We're building toughness. We're building a lot here, and by going to chase wins and being 25-0, and 0, going into the Mountain West does us no good, um, not only for our program, for our players, but – for the long run and, and the longevity of this program. So that's why we do the way we do it. Uh, we play anybody and we'll play anywhere. Definitely. So we, it's, and like I said, we look at it as they get a chance to play us. Definitely. Uh, I was doing some research last night. At your time at UCLA, uh, you got to see the likes of Garrett Cole. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Kermeyer, really good defensive outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Plus, you know, however many other MLB uh, talents you've kind of coached throughout your years. How does that feel seeing their success in the league, knowing that you played, you know, some part in um, kind of teaching them and helping them grow as a person? Well, it's it's a huge tribute to them and their families. Um, you know, I was talking to speaking. I was talking to Adam Plutko last night. Mm-hmm. He was in the rotation with the Indians, and these guys—they're just special people. Um, that, and I go back into my time at Long Beach. Um, been around Tulo and Longoria and Espinosa and. Um, Devin Lohman was a third rounder and Shane Peterson has been up and down the big leagues um, Jason Vargas I played with and Weaver and all these guys and then you get into UCLA I, I, it's not a really about me it's been about them and um, you're a servant to these players um, so it's just fun to watch I'm the biggest fan uh, I get a chance to just marvel at what they do and 
and but we saw glimpses of it and not more than glimpses obviously um, of it when they were playing and you just got a chance to sit back and admire the work and admire how they went about it those these guys are different um, and you always hate to compare your current kids to you know a Garrett Cole but these guys are striving to be Garrett Cole so let's let's talk about Garrett and let's talk about how his work was let's talk about Kevin Kramer uh, who's with the Pirates and who's who's you know who's played a long time let's talk about Valeka let's talk let's talk about these guys man because these guys are special humans um, they're great players, but they're special human beings. And that's a long-standing relationship um, I think we'll always have with these guys. Um, and we've always we shared a bond. I mean, you know, there's a lot of time, whether it's at Long Beach or whether it's been in UCLA or, or even here with these guys. You know, talking about T.J. Friel. T.J. Friel's going to play in the big leagues. You know, when? I don't know when. But he's going to play in the big leagues at some point, I do believe. Um so it's it's just it's a tribute to them and their work. We we just sit back and watch. Uh, I, I don't think we've had nothing to do with it. To be honest with you, I think um, you may steer them in some way, shape, or form. You know, hey, don't step in the puddle of water. You know, that's a lot. That's what you do, and then all of a sudden that that puts them on the right track. It's no magic potion, but these guys work. Um, they've earned the right to do what they're doing, and I've, we're their biggest fans. Yeah. Last but definitely not yeah. least, uh, the uh, fans are going to be seeing their favorite bat boy on the <laughs> on the field, right? Coming up this season. Yeah. All right. He'll, uh, he's he's in school now. You right. know, <laughs> he started kindergarten in September. Oh wow. Um, so he's he's a little frustrated as it's getting closer to the season. He has no he doesn't know why he has to go to school. Right. He can't be out there. As um. So the Tuesday games. <laughs> Depending on when we play, but he'll be there in some capacity. Right, right. Uh, Just pluck him out of school real quick. The Friday come on, come on, coach. Game, yeah. <laughs> so the Friday, he's going to go on the road with us the first two weekends, so nice. he will okay. miss Friday. So right. I got to, I got to, I haven't told his principal yet, so I'm going to have to. Break the news. I'm going to have yeah. to break the news and tell him I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take him out of school. But he'll be, he'll be ready to roll. Um, you got Nash right behind him. Nash is probably a year away. Right. Uh, but Jackson's Jackson's a fan favorite. I actually, yes. think he people like him more than anybody else in the program. <laughs> hey, you said it, not us. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's good. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank yeah, you so thank much, you Coach. Guys. I appreciate you coming no, on. No really. problem. We want to thank TJ Bruce for uh, sitting down with us again. Great interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, really nice guy. Media Day is coming up, so we'll be able to talk to some of the players, so stay tuned for that as well. Super great guy, and I, I think we, I have, or we have, the most trust in TJ to get the team right for this upcoming season. The first time we'll be able to see this team in action is February 14th in Portland, Oregon, when we take on the University of Portland. Uh, that'll be a great series to kind of see, you know, what we can do and uh, take care of business where we should probably take care of business in that series. Before we wrap this thing up any last thoughts um not really i mean i'm i'm very excited for baseball (laughs) if you guys couldn't tell this is the you know this is my sport so it's it's exciting you know like you said when air gets warmer Mm -hmm. uh the leaves start to you know blossom a little bit it's time for baseball so you know i love this time of year and it's i think it's gonna be a fun time to watch the pack definitely i think this like we've been saying this team is something special 
It's going to be a great year for Nevada baseball. We want to thank you guys for listening. And like always, let's go Pack.